Welcome to season three of the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This show is designed specifically for ambitious moms, dads, husbands, and wives to help you get money out of the way so you can start living life on your own terms. And if you're finally ready to transform the way you do money, come sign up for one of our free resources at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I am your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 45. And today's episode, we're going to talk about what to do with that fat money, that big old fat P-H-A-T tax refund you got coming in. Now, I know a lot of y'all saying, well, you know, my tax refund ain't all that big. But look, according to the government, coming to the IRS, 83% of you will be receiving a tax refund, right? And of the 83%, the average is going to be a little bit over $3,000 for that tax refund. So that's a nice chunk of change, especially if it's two of y'all in the household, right? So we're going to talk about that today and give you some really cool things you can do with that tax refund. So you can take full advantage of it. I mean, full advantage of it. Uh, so you don't feel like you squandered it or maybe you feel like you did squander it, but at least you did it on purpose. Right. <laughs> but anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today. If this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome. Thank you. I don't know how you found me, but I do appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to you, as it relates to real life. What do you want to do with the money to uh, get the lifestyle you want to do? What do you want to do with the money to help you live? Uh, go see the people you want to see, love the people you want to love, and go see the things you need to see and all that good stuff. So we talk about it as it relates to real life and how to apply money to get those things done for you. So uh, if you want to find out more about what we do and how we do it, make sure you head over to our website, yourmoneyright.com. Sign up, become a misfit, get on the jumpstart email list, or better yet, we've just introduced brand new course, uh, or I see these workshops we call the boot camps. This is the Get Your Money Right boot camps, where these are small, intimate, uh, one to a few uh, workshops where we literally go through and share with uh, share with you how we actually implement our money. How do we do, you know, uh, a wife that stays at home, three kids, one on the way, own a house, a couple of cars. How do we not worry about money? How do we not have to deal with couponing every day? How do we not have to worry about uh, financial decision fatigue? How do we set up our money on autopilot so we think about it maybe once out of the month and we never think about it again so we can concentrate on the things that really matter to us? On the boot camp or in the boot camp, we share with you the step-by-steps of how we do that. So if you want to find out more about that, head over to yourmoneyright.com forward slash bootcamp. Jump on the waiting list if the card is not, if it's not open, if it is open, make sure you jump on it because there's only 10 slots available. I may open it up to a few more people because 10 wasn't all that bad the first time we did it. So with that being said, just hold it over to do that and all that good stuff. So uh, let's get on with the show because I know uh, a lot of y'all are itching and you're scratching. You want to know what you should do or what you can do with this fat tax refund. Now, some of you are, you're still several weeks or even a couple of months off from even filing your taxes. 
a few of y'all know <laughs> have already got your tax refund. Now, you probably didn't get it from the government, but maybe you did one of those, you know, those uh fast now tax refunds where you get basically a loan for your money that's going to come in in a few weeks. Now, if you do that, not knocking you, not anything like that, but let's make sure that this is the last year we do that. Let's make sure that this this is the last time when you need your money so bad that you got to get a loan to to get it, right? To get to get a loan because you can't wait 2 or 3 weeks to get your money in. And better yet, let's make it I said I wasn't going to talk about this. At least I thought to myself I wasn't going to talk about this. But let's make it to where we don't even need to wait on a tax refund at all. Let's talk. Let's do this so that we don't need, even need to get a tax refund. If you get one, maybe a couple hundred dollars, but not three, four, seven, six, eight, ten thousand dollars. Or some of y'all are getting out there. Not knocking again. But here's the deal. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'll keep preaching it over and over and over and over. The goal is to have the government not have to give you a tax refund. You may say, why? Well, it's real simple. Throughout the year, they're taking more money out of your paycheck than they need to take. And then this time of the year, a year later, they give you your money back. Think about that for a second. Just say if if I came to your house, right? And I said, hey, I want to take $250 a month out of your paycheck, right? Just in case, right? $250 extra. And I'm going to give it to you uh, next year. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to give it all to you next year, right? Would you do that deal with me? Well, the answer is no. Of course you wouldn't do it. One, you don't really know me, right? You may trust the government a little bit more than me. But here, here's the, the problem with that. When you let the government hold on to your tax refund for so long, number one, you're giving them an interest-free loan. They're not paying you any interest on that, right? It's your money. Number two, Many of the people I talk to are living check to check, right? They have some type of debt, student loan debt, credit card debt, mortgage. You're paying interest to somebody, right? Now, let's do the math. If the average tax refund is, let's say, $3,000, $3,000, let me pull out my calculator because I talk about money, but I'm not like some, you know, some genius math guy or anything like that, but I can at least do this much, but let's let's just do it just because I want to do it live on air. about about 12 months, right? That's an extra $250 per month that you could be taking home, right? If you didn't wait on the government to give you your tax refund, right? You could increase, you could literally give yourself a raise, $250 a month if you just didn't let them take out so much of your paycheck. Right now, some of you saying, well, you know, I don't want to owe the IRS nothing. I'd rather them give me my money back than them owe and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's just because you don't understand. Right. It's because you don't understand math. And it's because you uh, you've been told to be uh, fearful of the IRS. Well, here's the deal. The IRS don't want you to have to pay them back any either. Right. They want they would rather hold on to your money and give you a tax refund. Right. So they uh, prefer that so much that they put a calculator on their website. It's the W4 calculator. Right. Go on their website, IRS.com. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. You head over to that. You simply put in your information and they will tell you how to adjust your W-4 at work. Right. Uh, Because some of y'all hadn't adjusted that since you started working at that place. Right. You maybe had a few kids, maybe had a few pay raises and things like that. And you ain't adjusted it since. Head over there and adjust that so you can get most of your money now and not a year from now. Right. Because that could do wonders if you're paying Again, if you're paying interest to somebody, that $250 a month that the government is taking could be going to paying down some debt. 
right? Could go to pay down uh, your mortgage, could go to put money aside for you, could go to building a contingency fund, right? All those things that you know you need to do with your money, you could be doing that now. But a lot of people are fearful, I know, because they don't really have a system to deal with money. So they call it a forced savings account. Really what it is is a forced costing account, right? Uh, but I'm not going to dwell on that anymore. I've been talking that for about four or five minutes, so I'm going to keep moving on with that. Um, and again, let me make another plug for the boot camp. If you don't have a system to manage your money, make sure you join the boot camp. Get in on the next available boot camp. I will show you a system to manage your money where you don't have to worry about it. Right. You don't have to worry about whether this should go in this savings or that savings or if somebody's going to come and get it or any of that stuff. We're going to give you the system. Remember, system stands for save yourself some time, energy and money. And I want to show you a system to handle your money. Now, let's get on with it. Big old tax refund this year. Right. Right. All right. So what do you do with that money? All right. The one question I ask everybody all the time, whether we're sitting down one on one, where is at the boot camp, where they send me an email or anything like that, is what do you want your money to do for you, right? That's the question you should always be asking. A lot of us have fallen into this trap that we go out and earn money to pay bills, right? That we go to work, we do all that just to pay bills. Now, here's the problem with that thinking. It becomes depressing, (laughs) right? If all you're doing is working to pay bills, where's the life in that life? Right. You are now a slave to your bill payers. Right. So a lot of people uh, talk a lot about debt. And when they talk about debt, they say that the borrower is slave to the lender. Right. That you should get out of debt. You should not have debt and blah, blah, blah. One of the reasons why they say you should not have debt is because you are obligated to make these payments. Well, if you go with that mindset with everything, you're obligated to make payments a lot of times. So one of the problems with that is you can never look past and get to where you want to get to because the only thing you're focused on is your bills or your debt or whatever, right? My beg of you, the thing that I'm asking you to do is no longer think about your bills as these masters, right? Because remember, money is a terrible master, but an amazing servant. And in order to make a servant work for you, you need to ask the servant, what do you want it to do for you? So if money is a servant for you, because it's a great servant, you want to ask, what do I want my money to do for me? Right. That will help you get past the mentality of being stuck paying for bills. The other thing is when you ask that question, you'll realize that some of those bills that you have, you don't even really want. Right. They're not really serving you. Right. So it, in, that, in that case, it's not about scrimping. It's not about cutting back your expenses or anything like that, because I want you to increase your expenses. But I want you to increase your expenses on the things that you really want, the things that add value to your life. So with that, that's why that's where these uh, these tips are going to come from with how can your money serve you? So for me in my house, one of the things we want our money to do for us is to protect us. Right. Because money is a good protection. Right. Uh, it, it's there to help us catch, you know, storms and things like that. We want money to help us with fulfillment, help us experience life. We want money to help us get better money to help us have fun, money to uh, pay for the lifestyle we want, money to help us invest to create more money. You know, those are the things that we want money to do for us. And when we talk about our definition of getting your money right, uh, the only way to truly get your money right is to put money in its proper place. And that is as a servant to you, because uh, if you if it's a master of you, you can never get it right. It's always got you. Right. 
And it got you all wrong if that's if that's how you think it's supposed to be. Right. It definitely got me all wrong. But anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into what we want to do. The first thing we want to do when we get that fat tax refund or any type of inflow of money altogether. The first thing we want to do, if you a believer, right, even if you're not a believer, you want to take 10 percent of that money and find a way to bless somebody else. Right. Take some of that money and give it away. Literally give it away to help somebody else do something. Maybe you want to feed the homeless. Maybe you want to clothe the naked. Maybe you want to start a nonprofit. Maybe you want to donate to a nonprofit. Things like that. That's the first thing that we recommend people do with money. And you may be asking, well, why would you want to do that? Well, number one, one of the the uh, things we talked about with money, we want money to be a uh, help us with our fulfillment, help us make the world around us a better place. Right. We're all products of our environment. And if you want to be a better person or if you want to be a better product, one of the best things you can do is improve your environment. So if you're donating the causes that you believe in to the people that you believe in, to the communities that you are part of, right, you're helping that environment. So if you're increasing the value of that environment, you're also increasing the value of yourself, right? Because we are all products of our environment. So help people get better environments, especially those people who are around you and need you the most, right? You also give other people permission to give and support each other, right? When people see that you give, it gives them permission to give. When your children see that you give, it gives them permission to, to see that and give as well. And one of the things that children uh, always fall in the traps of is being really selfish, and they never really get to see good examples of their parents giving and fulfilling, so they never really get into that habit. And you don't want your children to grow up to be you know, little jerks and things like that. Excuse my language. But one of the first things you want to do is make sure you give. The other thing, the other powerful part about giving is it also tells your money that it does not control you. If you can give your money away, it shows that you are in control of it and not the other way around. See, people who cannot give money away are stingy people because they're afraid. They're afraid that they won't get any more money. Right. That's why people don't give money. Right. It's that lack of faith. You don't believe more is coming, so I got to hold on tightly to what I have right now, right? And you've heard that saying about holding on and letting go and all that other stuff. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but you know what I'm talking about, right? So that's one of the first things you want to do when you get an influx of money into your life or your tax refund is take some of it and give it away. The second thing you want to do uh, with that and uh, this one is can go into all different areas. But first thing, but the second thing you want to do is you want to fix anything that's costing you money. Right. So if you have a car that has this constant oil leak. <laughs> right. And you got to put oil in it three times a day. That's costing you money. Fix it. If you have a leaky roof. Right. Fix it. If you have credit card debt. That is rolling over interest over interest over interest because you're overdraft and is getting all these late fees. Fix it. It is costing you more money. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. I talk about this uh, this mentality in the uh, the episode I did long long time ago. How it's expensive being broke, and that's so true. And I go through all the scenarios or many of the scenarios that I went through in my own life where my cheap mentality of just kind of patching things together ends up always always would end up costing me more in the long run. Right. So if you have those little things that are nagging at you that need to be fixed, that are costing you money, fix those things. Get it done. Take that money 
and get that stuff fixed. Because what that does is that now frees up monthly cash flow for the future. If something's costing you every single month, you need to get rid of it, right? That credit card, it, it keeps rolling over on you and those and they, those interest rates keep multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. You got to put a stop to it, right? Or it's going to get out of hand and you won't be able to catch it. And then now you're just going to let it charge off and then you got a whole nother deal you got to worry about with your credit report, right? And when you have bad credit, everything else gets more expensive too. So we want you to fix anything that's broken that is costing you money. Get that stuff fixed. Next thing we want to do, get yourself a new skill. So what do I mean by that, right? So there's a lot of schools out there, uh, colleges, universities, online classes. There's all types of things. The boot camp, for example, that are out there to help you build your skills, right? Invest in yourself and grab a new skill. And when I say a new skill, uh, when it relates to money, right? Because I'm the money guy. When it relates to money, you want to get new skills that help you increase your income, right? Uh, Make the most out of the income you do have. Uh, You want to get skills that help you make that income do more for you. Those are the type of skills that I'm talking about, right? Or if you're in a career or you're in a profession that you don't want to be in, right? Or maybe you see down the line that it's not going to be looking good for you, right? Um, last year, the uh, White House came out with this report that stated that uh, I think it was 83% or something like that of all uh, jobs that are making $20 or less are going to be replaced by robots, right? Like, think about that. If you make $20 an hour per or less, there's an 83% chance that your job is going to be replaced by a robot pretty soon, right? Maybe not be next year. You know, some people are going to be faster than others. Maybe not even be five years, maybe 10 years from now, whatever it is, right? So if you make less than $20 an hour, that should, that should make your, your spidey senses go off. Like, wait a minute, hold on. What, what do you mean by that? And now you want to go look into that. So maybe you want to look into another career, or maybe you want to look at gaining another skill that allows you to be more uh, versatile in the marketplace, right? Because number one, we don't get paid per hour. There's this thought process that we get paid by the hour. We get paid by the value you bring to the hour, right? That's what the true value of that hourly rate is about. This is why uh, minimum wage workers will have a hard time uh, keeping up ever, right? Because if you make your minimums your maximums, you'll always have the minimum of everything, the minimum pay, minimum lifestyle, all that good stuff, right? So it's not necessarily about you actually working for the hour. It's the value you bring in an hour, right? Some people can bring you more value in an hour than the next person, right? Now we'll get into too many details about that, but just understand that all of that stuff is based on the skills that you have and the value that you bring to the marketplace. What are you bringing that somebody, or what do you have that somebody will pay you more for, Right? Uh, what careers can you go into? What what mindsets can you take on that will help you bring more value to the hour for more people? Right. Um, again, I'm not. Gonna go, I really want to go into some uh, deals on that, but I'm trying to work on making these these episodes a little bit shorter because you know me, I get on these tangents. So make sure. Uh, just one of the things you want to do, right? Regardless of all my babbling. Just make sure you take some of this money. One of the things you could do with this money is take it and gather you some new skills. Now, we talked about how you can get some education for free. I'll put a link to the show note on that. But uh, you want to take it to the next level. Uh, make sure you invest in yourself. Gather you some new skills. Make the make better use out of your money. Make better use out of your relationships. Things like that uh, to help you live a better, more fulfilled life in the future. 
and um, and go from there. Right. All right. Uh, next thing you may want to do with this fat refund, right, is maybe you want to start a business. Right. This is one of the best things that I can uh, that I could. Uh, let's say I can advise people on doing right. So a lot of people say, well, you know, starting a business is not for everybody. I disagree. Right. I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Now, not everybody is cut out to go and take huge risk. Right. And go leave everything behind and try to start this multi-billion dollar company. Right. That's different. But everybody can be an entrepreneur. Why do I say that? Well, here's the deal. Entrepreneurship is nothing more than helping people solve problems. Right. You people have problems. You figure out a way to solve it with a product or service or an app or whatever it is, and they will pay you for it. Right. They will give you your attention. Right. That's all entrepreneurship is at your job. You are an entrepreneur. Now, the problem with that is the only client you have is your employer. Right. So you're only going to make what you and your employer agree to pay you on. Right. So you're only serving one employer, so to speak, one one client. Right. But you can take those same skills that you use at your job and maybe serve another client. And then another and maybe multiples. Right. Maybe you maybe you have certain skills that other people can teach uh, uh, or learn from that you can teach that other people can learn from. For example, a professor at a university could teach 30 kids a semester. Right. And bring value to those 30 kids a semester or that same professor could write a textbook. Right. And that textbook can be bought and purchased at universities around the world. Now, not only is he serving those 30, but maybe he's serving those 3000 or 300000. Right. This is how uh, teachers I recommend teachers who are really good at what they do. If you really want to create a massive income for yourself uh, and and, uh, actually uh, help more people is do things like that. Get you a podcast, start your online school, do some online training, write a book. Those are the types of things that when you bring so much more value to so many more people that allow you to get out of that rut of only having a teacher's salary. Right now, you can stay there. And argue that teachers need to be paid more, which they do. Right. I think teaching is the most important profession that we have. The problem is. It's controlled. Right. By government and other people that don't want you to make any more money because they think you take all this time off. They think you get summers off. They think you get Christmas break off. But they don't see uh, the grind that you put in for the for their children. They don't see the hours that you put in after work. They don't see that you're spending your own money on supplies to make sure your children get the education that you want them to get. They don't see those things. Right. So you have to make them see those things. That's what marketing is all about. Right. But uh, that's what I think everybody should do. I think everybody should at least start a business. Now, here's the other part about that. The government will give you over 400 or something different tax breaks just for pursuing a profit. Right. As an employee, as a W-2 employee for somebody else, you are taxed more than anybody else in this country. Period. Dot the end. Right. Warren Buffett even said himself that his his secretary gets uh, taxed higher than he does. Now, she may not pay more taxes for, per dollar amount, but for percent percentage wise, she pays more taxes. Right. And unfortunately or fortunately, depends on how you look at it. That's how it's always going to be, because the truth is, as a W-2 employee, there are no incentives for you from the tax from the tax code. Right. We talked about this before. The tax code is just an incentive program. The reason why Warren Buffett pays less for a percentage of his income is because he creates jobs. 
and the government wants you to create jobs. They cannot create jobs the way the private sector can. So they give you a tax benefit for creating jobs. Right. Same thing with housing and, and you know real estate, things like that. These things the government wants us to do. Therefore, they pay us or give us incentives and tax breaks in order to go out and do that. Right. So if you feel like you're getting taxed too much, start a business. Right. Start a business. This is not the show to go into details of how to do that, but start at least thinking about that. Right. Maybe use some of that money to create new skills so you can start a business. Right. See how that's see how this is all working. Everything is starting to add up together. You starting to come come in full circle. Right. All right. Next thing I want you to do is get LMI certified. Now, you may be thinking, what the heck is LMI certified? It's something I just kind of coined or whatever. But basically, LMI stands for last month's income. So what I want you to do is live on last month's income. Right. One of the most powerful things that we ever did with our personal finances is figure out how to get ahead of our money. Right. Because and this is also how we're able just to really deal with our money one time out of the month. Right. So here's an example. Here we are in the month of January. We're getting ready to get uh, talk about and sit down, and do a budget with my boo session or for the month of February. Right. And so what most people do when they try to budget uh, because they do it wrong. I did an episode on this a few weeks ago. Uh, is they write down a list of all their bills, right? And then they try to match up their bills with the money that they got coming in in the future, or they think that's getting ready to come in with the future, in the future. And that's always a problem because the money that comes in never really comes in that way. And the bills that come out never really comes out exactly the same. So they be like, oh man, I can't stick to a budget because it's not working. Well, you got too many moving parts. And number one, a budget is not meant to be stuck to. It's your system that is wrong. We've been taught to do this thing all wrong. Well, one of the things that we do that helps a lot, and even if you don't take a boot camp or if you don't listen to any other thing that we do, one of the best things you could do is get ahead of your money. Why? So the paychecks that we've had come in in the month of January, they're just sitting there, right? So what we're going to do is February 1st, we sit down or maybe the day before, I think maybe today actually we're going to do this, but the day before uh, we sit down and we look at how much money we have, right? So say we have, I don't know, $5,000, right? So we look at how much money we have for the month of February. And then from that perspective, from that point, we now allocate our dollars to go do jobs for us. We say to ourselves, what do we want this money to do for us, right? At least until we get paid again, or at least until, you know, March comes around. And then with that, we actually get sit down and we allocate what we want these dollars that we have to do for us. Once we have that situated, we have that set up. Now, the bills for February are pretty much done, right? We don't have to think about it. Everything is on autopilot. Everything is already set up, right? Because now the money has been set aside or allocated for that, that particular reason. If we need personal money, we we are, we allocate that. We got a birthday coming up. We say, okay, let's spend $100 on that or $200 on that or whatever, right? That That's the money that we already have. And we're not guessing about money that we think is getting ready to come in. So this helps us in multiple ways, right? If we have a bad month, Let's say we normally get five thousand a month, right? And then one month we only get four thousand a month. Well, we got four thousand dollars to make it work over the next month. Instead of being the other way around, that we're trying to budget for a five thousand dollar month, but only four thousand come in, and now you're a thousand dollars in a hole, and you've messed up. That's how most people get in trouble, and a lot of times you don't even realize that you're a thousand dollars short. You end up putting on a credit card or maybe you find out later on, but it's too late. The overdraft fees already happened. You've already paid the interest on it. All those things happen too late. That's why it's important that you get ahead of your money. 
That's why I call it get LMI certified. It's one of our stages that we uh, teach people to get to. And we talk about this a little bit more extensively in the boot camp, of course. But I want everybody to get to the point to where you're living on last month's income. And there's very simple ways to get that done. Uh, and we'll teach and we'll talk about that stuff as well. But if you have a big fat check that came in from your tax refund, maybe that can help you get to your last month's income. For example, if all you need is $3,000 a month to live on, or that's what you're normally used to getting, and you get a $3,000 tax refund, at that point, you can officially put yourself on last month's income. How do I do that? Well, what you do is, uh, let's say for you, you got your refund in uh, the month of February, right? So what you would do then is you would put that $3,000 aside, right? Uh, do February how you would normally do it. And when March comes around, what you want to do for March is take that $3,000 and then use that to pay your March bills, right? So you got that $3,000 tax refund in February, right? Then March comes around, you take that $3,000 and you allocate, okay, what do I need this $3,000 to do for me in the month of March? What bills it needs to pay, uh, what's, what uh, groceries we need to buy, what events we need to go to, yada, 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 right? And then you use that $3,000 and you live off of that $3,000 for the month of March, now, those paychecks that are coming in on in March, they're just going to sit there, right? You're not even going to touch them. And then when April comes around, you take those paychecks that you got in March and you do the same thing. Now, you're officially living on last month's income. That's about the quickest way I explain how to do that. But that's one of the, that's one of the good things about uh, getting a, a fat tax refund is you can jump in that and get ahead of that right now. All right. What's the next thing you want to do? Right. Next thing you want to do is grab you a contingency fund. Now, a lot of people, they call this the emergency fund. I don't like to use the word emergency because, you know, I am about words. So I call it a contingency fund. A contingency is just what plan do you have if something doesn't go the way it normally goes? Right. And in that uh, we we call it a contingency fund. So a contingency fund, uh, again, like I said, it kind of equates with emergency fund. Now, if you talk to a lot of these uh financial advisors or you read a lot of these articles on the internet about uh, financial advice they talk about you need to have at least three to six months of living expenses set aside now when i first heard that i don't know about you but i was like man you crazy how in the heck am i gonna get three to six months of living expenses set aside i can barely pay the bills that i got right now right (laughs) right somebody here feel me right because that's where i was but You don't have to start at three to six months. Don't worry about three to six months. We break this thing down to where you can get very small, short, winnable, uh, uh, let's say, uh, checkpoints to get you to that point. One of the things that we do is, especially with the last month's income, right? Once you get on last month's income, you already kind of have a mini uh, contingency fund. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're living off of last month's income, that money, those paychecks that are just sitting there, they can work and act as a contingency fund, right? If something were to go wrong, right? So that's your first line of defense, right? The other good part about living off last month's income is if you come up short, you know immediately, right? There's no delay. There's no, there's no wondering. You know immediately if you've come up short and you can, you can act on it before the overdraft fees and all that stuff start to come in, right? When you have a contingency fund, uh, it even it even makes that even bigger. It makes it even better. So one of the things that we do p- tell people to do, and we go over these again in the boot camp. I know I keep plugging the boot camp, but we uh, the first level we get we call Sprint 100, where we just want to get you a hundred dollars saved, right? Uh, uh, almost anybody can get it save a hundred dollars, right? 
But here's the deal. It's not about saving the hundred dollars. It's about telling your brain to get to a particular level. You almost like a game, right? You want to gamify it, right? After we do the sprint 100, we ask, do you have a car, right? If you have a car, do you have car insurance? Do you have a car insurance deductible? For most people, that car insurance deductible is $250, right? So once we get to sprint 100, we go, well, can you get to uh, uh, deductible 250, right? So now we, we get $100 saved up. The next level we go is 250, right? So most people can get to that 100 and they get to 250 really quick. Then they say, okay, what's your next? Do you have health insurance? Yeah, I got health insurance. What's your deductible on health insurance? For most people, it's $500. All right, we're at $250. Let's go to $500. And we continue to go. You're starting to get the plan, right? Until we get deductibles done. And then once we get deductibles done, we raise the deductibles, right? Because once you raise your deductibles, your monthly costs get cheaper, right? And then you get more cash flow. I hope this is making sense. But anyway, one of the things we help people do with the contingency fund is we set up little... Uh, little checkpoints for them to sprint to and get to, right? And here's the difference between just putting money aside for savings and doing it this way. Because as a man, my number one job is to keep a, uh, in my eyes, right? I don't want no fem- feminist calling me and, you know, sending me emails and all this stuff mad about me, but just talking to me personally, in my eyes, one of the most important things for me to do is to keep a roof over my family's head, right? Part of keeping a roof over my family's head is being properly insured with my homeowner's insurance just in case the roof literally blows off. Right. If I have a thousand dollar deductible and I don't have a thousand dollars set aside in the bank and the roof blows off, how can I put a new roof on there? Right. Because the the insurance company ain't going to move until I pay that deductible. Right. So it's not savings for savings sake. Right. It's savings with the purpose. So that thousand dollars I have sitting in my bank ain't just a free thousand dollars that thousand dollars keep a roof over my head there's a difference there's a shift in mentality when you give your money purpose when you give your money a job when your money is there to serve you it works differently the reason why you've tried to save in the past and didn't work is because you didn't give money a job right you didn't give it a purpose you didn't give it an assignment if you can imagine how your children would be if they came home every day and you didn't tell them to do their homework if you didn't tell them to do to wash their hands, if you didn't tell them to clean their rooms, if you didn't give them assignments, what would your children do? If you look up five, 10 years of doing that. How would your children be as adults? How useful would they be? Would they be on the track you wanted to be on or would they just be on some random track? Right. That's the same way I look at my money. What do I need my money to do for me? What assignments do I need to give my money? Therefore, when when cousin Pookie call or homeboy JJ call, say I need you to bail me out of jail. It's a thousand dollars. You say, well, do I bail him out of jail or do I uh, put my uh, roof in jeopardy? That's up to you. Right. But if the thousand dollars just sitting there freely for me, I would go ahead and bail them out. But if the thousand dollars sitting there and that's for my roof, we got to find up. We got to find it will force my brain to find another way to help. Right. To get them out instead of just freely. Uh, just going into it and tapping out or even better yet, not even something like that. Just, you know, if you've ever tried to save for like months at a time, we did this, we would try to save and not spend any money. And then all of a sudden we just broke loose, right? The inner child in us just cracked wide open. We end up spending all our money, right? In one shopping trip or something like that, or buying one TV and things like that. That's because that money was just sitting there and we we're checking our checking account. Remember, <laughs> I say this a lot. I'm gonna say this a million times. If you're checking your checking account to see if you can afford something, you're doing it wrong. But that being said, contingency fund is the next thing. You got a big influx of money. 
You don't last month's income. Start your contingency fund to help you catch those things that life's going to throw at you. Right. And then uh, the last one we do, uh, we call it uh, we divide them in our buckets. <coughs> Excuse me. We have a bucket system. Right. So uh, when the money comes in, we have buckets and all these things, every dollar that comes in gets allocated to a particular bucket. I'm not going to dig into that right now because we're already past 30 minutes in this episode. And I said I want this to be nice and short and sweet. But basically, we divide our money. We have a framework for how we handle every single dollar that comes in. And this is something that you want to do for yourself. Ask yourself what you want to do for your money. For example, uh, our framework kind of works in kind of the steps that we gave you today. Right. The first thing we want to do is we want to give. The next thing we want to do is we want to our money to uh, grow more money. This is what we call our, our, our financial freedom account, right? Or our wealth building bucket, right? The next thing we want our money to do is to, to give the lifestyle we want. So this is our real life bucket, our lifestyle bucket. This pays our bills, our mortgage, uh, everyday things that we want to do. The next thing we do is we call the getting better bucket, right? So we want our, our money to help us get better. We use this money to go on uh, uh, marriage retreats or read books, take courses, things like that. Uh, the next bucket we have is the uh, savings for long term or saving big bucket. So if we need to replace the car, replace the couch, uh, pay off some debt. We use this bucket to do that. Then the last bucket uh, that we do, I think this is the last bucket. I hope I, I hope I didn't forget anything. But the last bucket we call the baller bucket. Right. This is me and my wife's favorite bucket, because with that money, with that money, we get to go out and have a good time. We go do things that we wouldn't normally do. We will order the extra stuff right on top of just the regular eating out. Let me get that champagne. Let me get the extra hands on the massage. Let me get the extra polish on the, I don't know, the nails, whatever you want to do. Right. So that's what we do. We take our money and we divide them in buckets. Therefore, when any time we get extra money that comes in, it doesn't just go into the wind. It's not considered extra. It goes into these buckets and these buckets give us the framework. So we never really are making decisions Uh, a bunch of decisions on our money over and over and over again. We literally have a framework that does all the thinking for us and it protects us in all those different ways that we talked about before. Because remember, we want our money to do several things, right? We want our money to protect us, to help us with our fulfillment, help us enjoy life, help us give the lifestyle we want to give, help us uh, be great contributors to the world, Those are the things that we want our money to do for us, right? We want our money to grow more money for us so we don't have to worry about working for money ever again. This is why we don't believe in retirement, right? Because I don't want to live a life that I want to have to retire from, right? I want to live the life that I want to live now is one of the questions that I heard. I can't remember where I heard it from, but they said, think about what you want to do in retirement, right? Whatever that is. Maybe you want to go fishing. Maybe you want to go golfing. Maybe you want to go travel the world, yada, yada, whatever it is you want to do when you retire, okay? Take that image in your head, whatever it is. What do you think? What do you want to do when you retire? What do you want your life to look like when you retire? Okay, take that image. You got it. Now, what can you do to live that lifestyle today? Right. What changes can you make in your life to start living on your own terms today? Right now, next month, next year. Not 30 years from now, not 40 years from now, not 20 years from now. What can you do it? Let's say 10 years or less. Start making moves today and start with that fat tax refund you're getting ready to get. Right. And knock that out. So let's recap real quick, real quick. First thing you want to do, you get that fat tax refund. Give, 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 give. You'll feel so much better about yourself, 
about your world and all that good stuff. Just give, give so many benefits to give, but give, give, give. Second thing you want to do, fix anything that is costing you money, whether it's uh, whether it's interest that's on your credit cards or student loans or whatnot, uh, whether it's uh, that car that keeps leaking oil on you, whatever it is, get it fixed. Fix anything that is costing you money on a regular and consistent basis that is not necessary for you to do. Right. Next thing you want to do, get you a new skill. Right. There's there's very few things more important that are more directly related to the income you're going to bring in than the skills that you have, because the, your skills that you have are the very things that help you bring value to the marketplace and get money. Right. Because money comes from one place and one place only. It comes from people. Right. And the only way to get more money is to serve more people in a better way. Right. Uh, next thing, start a business. Right. I can't imagine what would you want to do better than after you get your new skills of serving more people is to start a business so you can even uh, serve more people and then get the tax breaks and all the benefits that it comes with starting a business. Right. This is in the show to dig into how to do that. But there's uh, maybe you take that money in and get a class on it. Right. Uh, LMI certified. Right. This is the next one. Get to the point where you're living on last month's income. Right. There's very few things you've heard the term. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Right. But it's crazy how we do that every month with the money that we think we have coming in when we try to time it with the bills that we got coming. Right. Let's stop that. Let's stop counting them chickens before they hatch. Let's get ourselves LMI certified, which means getting living on last month's income. Next thing you want to do is get your contingency fund together. Right. Put some money aside to catch lives Uh, mishaps because life is going to continue to happen. But the most important part about a contingency fund is make sure you are assigning those dollars to a particular thing. Right. No matter what it is, just make sure you label it. Right. You got to give your dollars an assignment because if it's just sitting in your checking account or even if it's just sitting in your savings account. Right. And that savings account has no particular assignment. That money's going to come up missing. I promise you, you know it because you've been through it. I know it because I've been through it. So let's stop fooling ourselves and just do that one simple thing. Right. And I give you all this stuff with psychology in mind. Right. I'm a studier of people. Right. I first have to learn myself. Right. To study myself. But then I realize that me and you are probably the same people. So all this stuff has psychology in mind. I'm let me let me disclaimer. I am not a psychiatrist or psychologist. I don't have any degrees in any of that stuff. Right. I just just study this stuff on, on, you know, on the side. It's independent studies. Right. But anyway, contingency fund. Next thing is get yourself a framework. Divide your dollars into buckets. Right. The buckets are are there. They're a framework to help you. Stay reminded of the things that you want your money to do for you, right? Because your money is a servant. You are not a servant to it, right? Those are the, the, how many is that? I didn't even count these. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, seven, the number of perfection. Seven perfect things, right, (laughs) you could do with that fat tax refund this year to get the most out of it, right? So you know that you're doing the very best thing for you. Right. And not only are you doing the best thing for you, but it it feels good. It feels like the right thing to do and you'll experience more out of it. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. And then, of course, uh, we talked about it earlier is making sure you don't even get this big old tax refund next year. But we'll save that for another show. Matter of fact, we've done a few shows on that. So maybe I'll throw those in the show notes as well. So hopefully that was helpful. Did you like it? Was it? Let me know. Tell me. Bring the conversation over to the show notes, right into the comment section. If you like what you heard, share this out with at least one person that you can think about. 
right? And then if you can't think about one person, leave us a rating and review. It really, really, really does help us uh, get exposure because iTunes shows us to more people when we do that, right? And other people can see, hey, there's other people listening to this. Maybe I should listen to this too. So with that being said, look, I really do appreciate you listening. I really, really do. Uh, Let's make... 2017 the best year yet we're coming up on february well february will be in a couple days here right because we're at the end of january in the month of february we will focus on black history right Uh, i'm not a big fan of black history month but i'm a fan of black history so i'm gonna use this month to talk about black people and their money as it relates not only to the history but also moving forward so stay tuned for that if you're not subscribed to the podcast make sure you've done that Please, please, please. So with that being said, I truly appreciate you listening. I love you and God bless.